You're listening to the Live Out Loud podcast with River Wynn and Michelle Flamer. Hi, River. Good morning, Michelle. It's Saturday. And I have coffee. I know. I, I, <laughs> I saw that and I'm a little jealous, but all good. Oh, Cooper's came over when he heard coffee because he's my little coffee puppy. Um, you know, we have all the pets here today because I have Mr. Whiskers, my cat, who is currently nudging me to pet him. And yep. you have Cooper. I have and our Coop. guest has a cat with her too. I know. I'm so excited. I've been wanting this to happen for a couple of months now. And Kendra Cardoza is here with us. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Kendra. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good. How are Good. you? I'm doing good. It's sunny this morning. It was kind of dreary yesterday, so I'm I'm loving the sunshine. And I know, um, you know, Kendra loves all the moon cycles and all the all the things like us. So we uh, we've been feeling all of it coming through this last couple of days. This full moon this week, like that was a doozy. (laughs) So, Kendra, I think our people I'm so excited to have our listeners like get to know you and I can't wait till they start following you because you are one of the most beautiful spirits and I am I'm just so excited to share you with everybody so because we've known each other for like nine years now and we met at a trade show for Expo West which is a natural products expo and you were there you were you've kind of been like an ambassador for lots of different food brands and all sorts of stuff. So tell the people in your own words, a little bit about you and how that started for you. And, you know, we'll just learn a little bit more of your journey today. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. I know I've, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like pinching myself. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's really here. It's happening. I know. <laughs> you guys. And I've been like binging the podcast. So so yeah, I'm really uh, excited. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm loving all of the guests. So thank you so much. I feel honored to be here with both of you. Um, yeah, so I grew up in California pretty much my whole life. I grew up in Southern California. Then my family moved to Northern California when I was about eight years old. I was always a really shy child. Um, but I think it was, I was just protecting myself. I was highly empathic and sensitive and it's kind of like my way to, to hide the true authentic part of me. It felt safe, but I was a very creative child and I had a lot of energy when I would come home. My mom would be like, just like, Oh, great here. Like the floodgates are coming open because I would hold it in all day. And then I would come home. And just let it all out. It's kind of like the podcast, right? Live out loud. It's like, let it all out. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like my, that was my life for a very long time. And, um, and so, you know, I had this creative uh, energy that was always present in my life. I was always doing something with creativity. Um, So that uh, spilled over into my adult life. um, And I got really into, um, food photography or just photography in general and food came up next in my life. Um, it was like this creative outlet where I could really 
speak my truth through the lens. And, um, it didn't, I didn't have to like really like talk to anybody. It was like this job where I, I eventually got into food blogging. So it was like this job where I could be creative, but I didn't have to be like in front of the public a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what really drew me, um, to that part of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like where we met. Mm-hmm. So there's other Paleo stuff that happened paparazzi. <laughs> in between there. Yes. So I had some health struggles in between that. And that's what led me to paleo, which um, is not the answer, which I thought was the answer back then. But I think it was just leading me down this path that we're going to get to eventually. It was like this opening. It was my, it was my spiritual awakening. It was part of that. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I got really like religious, if we want to call it like about that. It was like a cult kind of mentality for me. And I I grew up in um, Mormonism Mm -hmm. I'm no longer a part of that, but, uh, you know, so there was like all these pieces that I can see that, um, that are all coming together now. So it was like paleo became like my religion. And it was like my thing that I just was like hyper fixated on my creative outlet. Um, I was also, um, you know, going through a really hard time in my marriage. And that was like a way for me to focus my energy, um, elsewhere, Mm -hmm. which I think we do, we do a lot of that. I think Mm -hmm. so as women, um, we try to push through and find other outlets to make us happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got really deep into, um, my creative side. Um, I started, you know, getting noticed by companies and Mm. just different, like, yeah, entities. you're, You're also just a beautiful storyteller. I mean, I used to just love like all your posts and stuff, but there was always such lovely meaning behind the post. It wasn't just a food post like, Hey, this is good for you. This is what's happening. Let me, you know, like these are the brands that I used for, you know, this post, blah, blah, blah. You know, the picture, it was always, you were always really storytelling. And I think you're still doing that. And I, and that's why I think people like naturally gravitate towards you because they're, they're in they're they're sort of in their feels when they're reading things like it's just all making sense like oh it's not just a regular post like you're just a very you're a beautiful storyteller Mm, I really appreciate that because that that is true yeah I was storytelling at the same time visually and Mm -hmm. through the words um that I was writing but um yeah I just I fell down that rabbit hole for a very long time and uh, I had some health struggles. I was struggling with uh, um, something called endometriosis, which was what actually led me to paleo and mm-hmm. actually creating all of these dishes and then finding that creative outlet where it was really fun to just style the food too. I was like, oh, let's make it beautiful because a lot of stuff just is kind of like, Ugh, like this is paleo is not a lot of color, right? Pretty bland sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's make it fun here. Mm-hmm. So, and I think you can apply that to anything in life. It's like, what can you do with the situation in your life and how can you make it more colorful and more fun and more vibrant? How can you find the bliss mm-hmm. in that? part of your life. And I think that's really what's becoming more present in my life these days. Like that's, that's my thing for this year is like, find your bliss. So 
that was my, that was my whole thing back then. It was like, that was my bliss. I was trying to push that out through the screen, through my voice of like, just find what makes you happy and find your bliss. But I was also struggling in the background with other things as we do as women, um, you know, trying to make it look like everything's okay. And River, River, like <laughs> I've been, I was like buddies with her for like a couple of years before I even realized she was married. Like I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, Oh, she just never, she never really, you never spoke about it, Kendra. Like it wasn't really until, um, until he had his stroke, like it sort of then became a part of that, you know, your journey, it kind of, you could see the shift and um, yeah. it was really fascinating. Cause yeah. It, did you notice that too? Like you didn't put a lot out, you weren't very share, you know, you didn't share a lot with everybody about your personal yeah. life. And that's totally funny. Was... It just, I didn't know, like, I didn't even know to ask you like, are you even mad? <laughs> it was so funny. I know. I think I I mentioned it a few times, like very briefly, like on the mm -hmm. blog, like my about section just kind of went over a little bit about it because he had had a stroke mm -hmm. by that point. And, um, how old was he? I just, had that? Uh, he was 29. I mean, 29 yeah. river. Yeah. So yeah. we got married young too. I was 26 and he was 28. So like a year after, um, we got married, it all, it all happened. So, we were introduced to the real world pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I look back and I see everything for what it is, like how it brought me to the person that I am today. It's like, I, I know I chose that because I'm like, oh, and then this happened and then this happened. And then I learned this and I grew from this. And so, you know, no matter what happens in our life, we can always use it and alchemize it. I love that word. When people say, how can you alchemize this for your highest and best good? Because you can get all of this stuff coming at you and you can just feel overloaded by it, or you can use it to your benefit and you can go, Oh, how can I repurpose this? How can I alchemize this? And I just love that because that was what I was doing without really knowing it, I guess, back then. But the stroke, um, I, I was really with him. I was trying to be very, I, don't know, I was, I was worried about putting too much out there and making him feel uncomfortable. So I would ask him before I would say, you know, like, if I, can I say this or that? I felt very like, like I was walking on eggshells. Like I didn't want to say too much. And eventually he became comfortable enough where he was talking about it online. So then it was like free reign. Yeah, that's when I started, <laughs> that's what, well, that's when I started to follow him and like he and I would actually have a little, a little exchange, you know, he realized, cause I was cheering you both on, you know, through that process and just holding space for the fact that that just must've been, I mean, you guys were so young to go through such heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, he had gone through some stuff before I had met him. I had gone through a domestic violence relationship prior to him. And he had just gone through his first brain surgery and was recovering from that when we met. Mm -hmm. And he was actually doing really well when I met him. I couldn't even tell that he'd, that anything had ever yeah. occurred in his life. That was that traumatic. So it was almost like we trauma bonded pretty quickly, like through our experience. It was like, it was this deep, like, I, I, felt a deep soul connection. Like I, I like, I know you from somewhere. I feel like I already know you. There was like something about that where we were already 
it's like we had a soul contract, right? It was like, oh, and that was the meeting point. And That's then right. we, we went from there. And um, so, yeah. Um, so he had a brain, a brain tumor before I met him. And during the, one of the surgeries, his second one, that's when the stroke occurred. So it was actually an accidental um, stroke. The surgeon messed up when he was in there. This 80 year old surgeon that needed to retire, you know, he was really good at what he did, but he was getting to that point where he was just at the end of his career. And he came out and he apologized to the whole family, you know, and it was just like, he admitted to it and was like, uh, towards the end of the surgery, I nicked a, a blood vessel and it caused the stroke and told us everything he was going to do to make sure that everything was okay. But of course, as a, you know, as the family, we're just like, what? Like, mm-hmm. totally stupefied and it changed the trajectory of all of our lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you guys, um, do you guys talk still like pretty much every day? You guys are pretty close still. No, we haven't spoken for, I mean, we've sent a few messages just briefly. We're, we're separated right now and he's going through his own journey of, um, coming back to himself and it's been about four months since we've been separated. And so I'm just, he's respecting my space and I'm respecting his space and it feels amicable on, on both of our ends. There's never been any malice towards each other, even though we know where that's, where it's heading. Um, I still love him and his family and I appreciate everything that, that they gave us and, uh, through the journey. Um, but it came to a point when I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't give him what he needed as far as the caregiving aspect. And so um, that's what's being worked out right now for him. So I I wish him the best. I, I think he's an amazing human being. I came to a point in the journey where I had to honor myself too and wake up from, um, yeah, almost like a dream of like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not living authentically to who I truly am. And it started to just unfold. And then eventually it was like, oh, um, I've been denying myself of like all of these things because I, as a society, and we were talking about this even um, before the the episode, uh, River was talking about how women really take on the role of caregiver. And, and it's like, not just the children, it's, you know, the spouse and maybe, you know, like an elderly parent or like all of this, like gets compounded and we really bury the burden uh, or we carry the burden of that on our shoulders as women. And so I think it's really important to recognize that and to speak out about it because um, a lot of women are struggling behind the scenes. Um, yeah. And we just need more uh, awareness around it, more community um, more, just less shame for the women that decide that they don't want to take, yeah, on yeah. all of that responsibility. And, um, yeah. River, River, what's important. the term when these women, like all these overworked women, like there's a term rolling around. I cannot remember it though. A mar- married single mothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and it was just, you know, like I was just thinking as Kendra was speaking about this, you know, one of the most common things that you will hear women say who are coming out of separations, coming out of divorces, whether it's amicable, whether it's toxic, no matter what the situation is, one of the number one things you will hear women say is, 
I am remembering who I am. I am finding myself and it has nothing to do with like, well, it has everything to do with like the situation, but like they are discovering and remembering who they were before they became the caretakers and the caregivers. And that role sometimes is just so consuming that it really does disconnect women from who they are, their authentic selves and living that. It's actually called caregiver burnout. I mean, it's like, super mm, okay. it makes, and it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Like, and that's why I was on the tip of my tongue. And so I had, you know me, I always have to go look it up because it'll drive me yeah. crazy if I don't. Yeah. But yeah, I think being a mom in general, whether it's heteronormative, whether it's same sex, whether it's like you said, grandparent or whatnot, um, or, you know, a spouse and even the sibling can be caregiver burnout for kids, like with kids, you know, when their siblings are born with defects or, you know, or um, I've been watching. Or I was the oldest of six, I'm the oldest of six kids and I was the default babysitter and nanny yep. and caregiver for the home um, while my parents were checked out. And so like, that is such a huge burnout. There are so many ways that women from a young age are pushed into this role of taking care of other people first and not taking care of themselves. And what's crazy is all this shit comes from when like families had to be like they were living in huts together and like people had to their own little jobs and the women took care of and nurtured the family while the hunt men went out and hunted, right? Like it stems from so much of that time. Why are you laughing? <laughs> did you say well the hot men went out and hunted no i i said and all the men all the men <laughs> all the... oh my gosh i thought you said all the hot men went oh, out yeah, and all hunted those hot gay like... men that i can't wait to get up on no when what about the I... not hot camp men what did they do <laughs> no all the men went out to hunt okay humor break humor break <laughs> no of course <laughs> i love i love our humor breaks but no i mean it literally is ancestral, like years, thousands of years. And now all of a sudden the world is like, we're fluid. Like we're not just lesbian and gay boys anymore. Like there's bisexuality, not just bisexuality. Now there's pansexual. Now there's like all the, like, oh, we women can work. Women can be a mom work. And then husbands can be stay at home dads. Like I love the fact that it's like all crumbling around us, but it, I think it's confusing to the older generation right now. They don't understand that we don't want a nine to five job anymore. Like we have that capability of living within our purpose. And funny enough, when we live within our authentic self and our purpose, we can, it actually creates abundance within that. Like, Kendra's creating a beautiful retreat and I'm like living for all these Victorian home posts right now. (laughs) And we can talk about that, but don't you think Kendra, like, it's like you can, you can actually make a living within your passion. Like you used to with the photography and now it's just through your spiritual journey. It's just, you're, you've just shifted like to where you sort of want to enjoy and be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about life is that we can shift and we can change and we can say like tomorrow I could say, well, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, you know, I don't know, 
be a donkey farmer. I mean, I, I mean, totally. literally we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And there's mm -hmm. all of these, so like quote unquote rules that people have thrown in place and, and it's not, it's just, it's, it's fake. It's fake news. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's so fake. And once we start waking up to that and start exiting those old patterns and those old belief systems, mm -hmm. that's when we truly start living from our core and mm -hmm. the place that they've told us to disconnect from. And when we reconnect to that, then we go, oh, okay. I actually don't want to do that. I actually like have always in my heart since I was a kid wanted to do X, Y, and Z. And so mm -hmm. once you connect back to that place, you're like, oh, so what have I been doing all these years? It's almost like you're, you've been walking uh, around like a zombie or like in a, in a deep sleep. Oh, and once yeah. you come right. out of so for you now, like this transition of like separating and kind of having this awakening, what is authenticity for you? Like what is, what is calling you authentically that you want to live? Like, where are you at now? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, for me, her throat. Chat, I had to clear my throat. Let <laughs> me tell you, my throat speaking, has been so blocked green, lately. Green and colors of the chakra. I feel like even Howard Crystal here. I'm like, okay, I need to like work on my throat chakra here. Yeah, here, here's the Reiki master coming out right now. <laughs> oh, I think a lot of my youth was it was ingrained in me to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. And I had this darker side to me as well. Like, yeah, I come from my heart chakra, like a lot, like I'm very heart chakra, mm -hmm. um, heavy, if you want to call it that. So, um, I also, I, we all have this dark side, right? If you look in your astrology, your, your black moon Lilith is kind of like that shadow mm -hmm. side that you haven't integrated, like and mine is in Scorpio. And I'm like, Oh God, that's like the, that's the feistiest one mm -hmm. of like sh shadow and darkness. And, you know, these deep kind of like hidden things that we don't talk about. And so I think when I started connecting with that, I was like, yeah, I have this other side to me. And I let that come out more. And I integrated that part of me. And I told myself, it's okay to be both of these things. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to show more on my social media as well. It's like, yeah, I can sit here and I can give a sound bath and I can, you know, I can sing out and bring angelic frequencies, but I'm also, there's this other side to me, like, and that's okay. We can be both things, you know? Mm -hmm. I we love those posts be. where like, you can, you can think one thing and still do the other, you know, it's yeah, like, like, they're not mutually you, exclusive. Yeah. You can, yeah. To, you can live within these dualities of yourself. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's like the suppression of the feminine with the sensual side of us that we've been told is dark and evil and, you know, the succubus or whatever they want to call it, you know, that kind of energy. And it's like, it's really this like softness about the feminine mm -hmm. if it's used in, in the right way. Right. Like if, if we're not using it for an ill intent um, to manipulate somebody or something, but if we're using that part of our sensuality to awaken this part of us, this creativity inside of us, this, like this beautiful healing energy, like there's that as well. So, but nobody wants to talk about that part. They just want to talk about the, the darker side of, um, of sensuality and of, uh, of those things. So, when so yeah, I, 
I don't even know if I answered the question, but <laughs> oh, I know. I think <laughs> I was going to just say, when, when did you decide to be to go into Reiki? Sort of what drew you? What drew you to Reiki and and all and all the things? Yeah, I actually it was during my um, my food journey with um, I was doing a lot of recipe creation a lot of food photography, working with brands. And I was just really like burn out because I would stay up late to get everything done. I'd be like working on Photoshop, uh, you know, like like, that that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was when I got everything done. Um, Because Matt would be asleep and I just had free reign of like, that's, I work best when I'm by myself, nobody's around and I can just like focus. Yep on the task at hand. So I'd be up editing photos late into the night, editing posts or, you know, just all kinds of stuff that I was working on. And I fell, I fell into ASMR and I don't know if you guys are familiar with ASMR. I love ASMR. I'm kind of fascinated. I was, I was kind of weirded out at first because everyone was just crunching on chips for a while and then (laughs) like, like the trend was really weird. And I was like, I literally cannot hear all these people eating. I, I will say my nine-year-old who are almost nine-year-old who is autistic she is obsessed with food ASMR <laughs> and she loves food ASMR videos she just loves it yeah and now there are these weird like I just want to talk to you <laughs> like all these like <laughs> oh it's always like, been weird <laughs> oh I, I ha- it's after a gummy that I can only like tolerate some of that because I'm like oh I'm gonna go down with this with you right now <laughs> I love ASMR I that's what I, I fall asleep to ASMR okay gotcha I, I just yeah that's funny okay so keep going Kendra sorry oh yeah I mean there's so many different parts of ASMR like mukbang mukbang or mukbang or whatever they call it is like the food like crunching on and I think it's just triggers it's like everybody has their own trigger right it's yeah. just like even like with massages it's like oh this one part if you massage me there like I'm that's it like yep. I'm, I'm in it to win it so um I can't remember how I actually fell into it but I found some videos on YouTube and this was probably like 2015 mm-hmm. yeah 2015 and it was kind of like taboo back then no one was talking about it like mm-hmm. I think one person mentioned it and then I looked it up went down the rabbit hole found some videos on YouTube and then here I am and I'm like this is awkward like what is this this is weird but I was triggered <laughs> by you, it can you tell people what Reiki is and like yeah, what what it's all about because there might be people who have never heard about it. Yeah, Reiki is just working with energy. Honestly, you're just working with like source energy, and you're you're using your hands to to bring that energy down from source and to use that for healing purposes um, on individuals. So it's it's a healing practice. You don't have to be. There's no like race or religion that you know can't be a part of um, uh, practicing Reiki. So I think that's, what's beautiful about it. There's a lot of gatekeeping within certain religions with like the laying on of hands or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's just a very like similar energy. It's like this energy that we're bringing in from source and we're using it for, um, the highest and best good of the client or the person that's coming to you wanting Reiki. And so I think that's what ASMR was very, it was kind of like my, uh, my gateway into that kind of energy because I was still struggling with like my religion at that point. But what they were telling me was like the spirit we'll call it, or like the good feeling of God 
coming through my body would only be experienced through certain circumstances. Like if you were doing other things, like you would not feel that. But here I am in front of this, this YouTube video and somebody's like, like tapping on the microphone and like whispering. And here I am having this like full on feels like a spiritual experience. Like my whole body is tingling and this Mm. relaxation. And I needed that because I was going through such crazy stuff during that time. It was like having a glass of wine, right? It was Mm. like this relaxing time. Lord's like, there's no substances. And here I am relaxing into this moment and I'm feeling spiritual, which is kind of strange because somebody's like whispering and it feels a little bit like sensual at the same time. Cause you're like, wait, what are they doing to me? Are they like, like doing some kind of like black magic on me like mm-hmm. it didn't make sense at first but yeah. it's all it's related to I think it's all related to like the chakra system and the nervous system and and um our our life force energy and so, so that so both, so both of you do you guys feel like because I'm so it doesn't resonate for me in the same way do you think it's because like I'm balanced in a way that I don't actually need that. Or is it like, like, do people find their way to it and enjoy it because there's something like that needs to get filled? Like, I, I have to understand this because I have Reiki asked, or ASMR? ASMR, the ASMR. ASMR. Of it. Yeah, I think. I think everyone can be uh, affected by it because ASMR st- stands for autonomous sensory meridian response and it happens in the, the brain. Mm-hmm. And so it's like something will trigger that response within your body and then you'll get those relaxing kind of feelings somewhere in your body. It could, I mean, everybody's so different, right? Their, their yeah. body and their chemistry. But I think it just depends on like, you might just eventually stumble upon something that triggers that and, and go, Oh, that's my trigger. It may not be the person chomping on chips or the person whispering or tapping or doing yeah. whatever, but there's also I visual will... ASMR, which is like, I could be yeah. doing this with my hands, which I do with my Reiki videos. Which and you know, I love and when, you, when you do your little wave, it's the cutest. Uh, <laughs> like I'm ready. I'm ready for that. So maybe that's your trigger. I don't know. I think so. And I will say too, my experience has been like as a mom of neurodivergent child and having a, like being neurodivergent myself and then like having a large circle of neurodivergent friends is that ASMR also seems to be um, very relaxing for people who are neurodivergent because our nervous systems are just on overload from how much we're working during the day to like fit in, assimilate, all of that and our brains just operate so differently that it's like I know for my my daughter like she'll come home and she'll start immediately watching ASMR videos and it really just calms her entire nervous system down and helps her regulate and so Mm -hmm. I think maybe different you know like people who are neurotypical neurodivergent might also react to it differently in different capacities that's fascinating so so mm-hmm. that was part of this whole, and then you want, you decided you wanted to become a Reiki master, right? No, that was like years before. I mean, I'd heard of it. And I think it was when I started watching the videos that people would do Reiki videos with ASMR, I eventually mm-hmm. stumbled upon that. And so then I was like, oh, well, why are they doing Reiki with these videos? And so then I went down the rabbit hole with that. And that's kind of like how I stumbled into that. And eventually I... Yeah, I got my certification because it was calling so deeply and I knew it was time. 
it just wasn't, it was like they were introducing me to it. Like my spirit guides were like, you know, well, I this think is going to be a part of your journey. No, totally, but I think this is the beautiful part of your journey. And what I really wanted to share is that spiritual awakening doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's the, it's the quick, it's the lever of going, wait, I want to understand where I belong in the universe. I want to, it's all the why, like all the questioning starts to come through. And then, like you said, you like, you we go down our own rabbit holes based on whether we decide that we're figuring out like what kind of clarion we are and what resonates for us and how mm -hmm. we learn things or what, what feels good on, on the journey. And I think we just keep sort of layering on to the spiritual awakening. But I think a lot of people feel like all of a sudden we're just spiritual, everything, give me all the, you know, it's not at all. It's like, I started to finally add stones in and I've started to like, and I think just, it's like a little, it's like you layer things in, um, River, what would you say about all that? Like, yeah, I, I know that for me, like the, the my spiritual journey has very much been about shedding mm -hmm. just as much as I'm bringing in. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, like you said, like overnight doesn't happen because I don't have that capacity overnight. My system is not, is not open and prepared for that. So it's like the more I shed, the more I learn. And it's a continuous process. Like you don't ever get to this point where you just arrive. I'm here. I know all the things. <laughs> I'm right. highly spiritual. It's a continuous process of like ebb and flow, shedding and learning. Yeah. Because I find like when we talk to our friends who are spiritual practitioners, for them too, it was, they saw moments in their childhood, like when Angela tells her story of like, she could kind of talk to people on the other side or things were like showing up for her, but it was more, it's like those evolutions. Bailey will tell you the same type of stuff, but like any spiritual practitioner will say there were signs. It's just where you are within sometimes age, sometimes journey, but like even Tyler Henry, who's a super popular medium, right? Like he will, he, he and his mom will tell you stories like on social media about like when he was little and how, you know, he just saw, he, he literally could talk to dead people and stuff. And so it's just fascinating. And, and then he didn't want to do that for years and years. And then he was like, I can't look away any longer. I think the spiritual awakening is when you get to that place of, oh, I can't look away any longer. Like it's, it's just too loud otherwise. And once you lean into it, then you find it sort of like maps out for yourself. Like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to understand and love and enjoy and learn. Absolutely. Yeah. I think even when you were saying that I was thinking about when I was a child and um, I would see at night in my bed when all the lights were off, I would see these like orbs that would like almost like colorful rainbow orbs. And I remember touching them like as a kid, like what's this? And I would put my hand up and I remembered that later on. I was like, that was, it was significant enough to know that I was connecting as a child and I don't remember everything, but I know that I was connecting with spirit. And I know that I like, I don't know if that was like my spirit guides or if it was just like me connecting to, to the energy that was all around us. But I feel like that's kind of merging back in my childhood because I'm now I'm starting to see certain things, certain energies um, within 
my physical reality again. And I'm like, oh, it's like that part of me that I've forgotten or I shut off and it's coming back in again. So I think it's interesting. Right? And, and like what River was saying, it's like once we clear out things, it's like we make space. And I think we were talking about this too, we Michelle, were, yeah. on, on the conversation. It's uh -huh. like you have to clear out the old, right? You have to, to dust everything out, clear out the closets, get everything out because then you're it's like the energy of like I'm welcoming in new new stuff new energy I'm calling in what now is um my purpose moving forward so but it's like we have to we have to clean it out first to show the universe that we're ready to receive more that is so if, yeah the spiritual journey I think is not about learning more it's about remembering mm -hmm. and unlearning all the things that are blocking us from remembering who we are, because we're born with that innate knowledge. We're born with that connection to spirit. And along mm -hmm. the way, we just have so much conditioning and stuff in our environment that helps us to, like that, that, that forces us to forget who we are. Mm -hmm. And so the spiritual journey is really just this process of like having something that sparks initially the process of remembering who you are. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also I think a process of not only is it is it the the term awakening right? It's also the piece where staying open and and allowing yourself to not be so wound in a way of the world jobs and letting all this outside energy which can really affect a lot of decision-making. I mean, getting quiet, but also walking through the world with a, a new kind of uh, like a childlike awe, right? Like being open to like, like right now, like, you know, like in this moment or like when I'm just out in the world or I'm driving, I'm like looking for the things that will bring joy or an angel number will you know, be on a, on a building and I'll be like, okay, I got you. You know, it's a, it's like having this beautiful unspoken conversation with your guides, the angels and allowing just the universe to sort of go, all right. So there's a detour up ahead and it's not, it's not coming up on my iPhone and my maps, but I, it's a being aware of that. There's a detour up there. Why do I feel like I want to go right over here? And then find out later, there was a huge crash that happened minutes after you were, oh, okay, well, it was, it's, it's being so sensitive and getting to that quiet internal place that when you start to enjoy being in that quiet place and that listening, right? It's like, you want more of that, more of that, please, right? The Abraham Hicks, like more of that, please. And it's like, you get into almost a channeled state through the day and getting grounded in becoming more to who you are and connecting within, it becomes easier as time goes because being out of that state doesn't, doesn't feel good anymore. So you're like, oops, hold on. Let me just click that again. And I want, I want to come back to the bliss, right? You want to come back to that bliss that you were talking about, Kendra. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about how the world really disconnects us from that. It's like we're connected in from birth, right? We've got this direct connection to source. And then the world teaches us to not trust our own voice, to listen to all of these outside sources, external, the external things with that are outside of us. And we forget that we truly are the 
we're the ones that know the best. Like we can go to psychic mediums, we can go to healers, we can go and do all of these practices. But honestly, like you are your own guru. Like you're the one that knows the best for yourself. You can receive those downloads and those inspirations better than anybody else can for your own life. And so I think that's what I've been trying to do more recently is really connect back to if I want to use a tarot deck, that's, there's no problem with that, right? Like it's right. fun sometimes to, to, to work with Oracle cards or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, uh, method that you use. And I think that it's wonderful, but I also have been challenging myself to like, when I want to grab that, like, okay, wait, but let me connect back to myself and let me see if I can actually just like tap in mm -hmm. and give myself that answer or like find it like connect in and so I think it's important because we've been so disconnected there's so much chaos happening it's like we can't think and we can't truly go within because there's so much chatter and noise all around us. yeah yeah and, and so many of the things like tarot and oracle decks and and even going to healers and things like that like those are those are tools mm -hmm. to help us build that foundation of connecting back to self because like you said like we don't need those things to like hear from self mm -hmm. but I have found and I know in my journey like those have been tools to get me back to that space mm -hmm. yeah yeah I really see why people like move to Costa Rica and create like co-ops and create like you know and you know and other spiritual communities really creating these spaces because when I get to be around you guys, when I get to be around my spiritual family, you know, my soul family, there's literally nothing like everything just falls into place. It just feels as it should always be this way. And I think, like you said, especially here in America, I mean, I will say Europe's Europe gives people six weeks to be back, to get back in touch. Like America is just so like, built on shoulders of every single American walking around. It's like, well, there's a new little American that was born today. Good. You're going to be a good little soldier. You're going to be a good little bee worker. Like it's just so it's such a, it's such a hamster wheel. And the minute that you tell everybody, I don't want to be a part of that. Like when River said, I'm going to take some time off from building a, from growing my business, from being in that hamster wheel and then, you know, more good things come to her. And it's just unbelievable when you, when you do that, people don't know what to do with you at that time. They're kind of like, well, what are you going to do? You're like, <laughs> just be, and it's just going to happen. And like, there's this, it's funny. It's like, it's like, you know, um, coming out and you're like, you're, you're 19, like me. And I was coming out and everyone's like, so are you ever going to be a mom? And I'm like, you don't need a man and a woman to have a kid. Like, you know, you're just like, you're like stupid. You know, they just don't think about it at that moment. You're like, there's adoption, there's surrogacy, like there's all these other great options out there. And then, you know, it's like, oh, and it, it's the same kind of thing. We just, it's, it's just different conversations and it's people getting out of their freaking ego, you know, getting out of that head like there's only one way to live a life and it's, there's not. Yeah. It can get kind of, kind of kooky um, for sure. I know I went through that as well. Just, I had a lot of struggles. Well, my health struggles were related to fertility. So that was part of the struggle was like, here I am, you know, trying to 
help my husband come back to life and find his health again. And then we're trying to get pregnant. And so there was like so much pressure, right? It's like all this pressure that we feel even from like a young age, like, what are you going to, like you're saying, you know, what are you going to do? What, where you, you know, like, are you going to go to school? Or are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? And it's like all the like standard kind of like things that have been placed upon us. And it's really like, like, I just want to breathe. Like, I just want to, I want to enjoy the earth, like this beautiful place that we call home that we don't really get to, we don't get to take it all in. No, because like we're our always working. Did. It's exactly. we're always working, like for real. Now, yeah. the one thing that I love doing is with people who are spiritual practice for our listeners is, can you share a little bit of the your your daily practice of like some things that like, ground you some of those modalities to share that um resonate for you yeah I start every day with meditation like it's a non-negotiable like even before I go outside because I have chickens and you know this but I I have chickens and they also are part of my life my daily routine so cute. <laughs> but before I even do that I I this is my the room that I'm in here is like what I call my spiritual room it's like a second bedroom but I've really the all my crystals are in here a lot of just like my spiritual stuff is in here um and and so this is my my happy place like this is where I come in and I you know I do I take my sage and my palo santo and I do like a whole just like my ritual right of just like cleansing and clearing and so I'll go into meditation and I'll usually do some self-reiki um during that time and really connect myself back into me it's like, I take that time for myself first. And that's, that was like something I stumbled upon when I was having a hard time in my marriage. I had to take myself out and do a meditation, whether once or twice a day, it, sometimes if it was a really hard day, I do it, you know, in the evening as well. Um, but yeah, I really ground myself in. Um, I use different practices for that. I've got like these copper, um, rods that I can use like for grounding in there really, like if I feel like I'm you know, floating more and I'm not really in my body. Mm. These are really helpful. Um, and then there's also like this grounding, um, medicine that I use a plant medicine. It's non-psychoactive. It's, uh, it's basically got tobacco, which is very grounding in it. And it has, um, ashes from trees and different herbs. And it's from the Amazon tribes that have lovingly kept this tradition of this beautiful practice mm -hmm. that grounds us back in. So I'll use that sometimes it's called hape and it's, I self-administer. Um, she that. was explaining <laughs> this to me and I was like, uh, no, thank you. But she's like, you're going to try it. I'm like, okay, I will promise. I'll Let me try see if I can find. So there's like this little, this is my, um, my little oh, hape. It's called a karipe. That's what is, we're putting up our nose. <laughs> no, this is, well, this is for me to do this for myself. But if I was administering to you, there's another. Oh, okay. And so you're, it's like, it's, it's ashes and the tobacco, it's like the powder and you're blowing it up the nostril. And, um, and then for like 15 to 30 minutes, you have this really like coming home to yourself. You're really like in your heart and like, mm -hmm. you come back to yourself and you're like grounded into the earth because these are all like you know, herbs and, and, and plants that ground you back into your experience. And so I've really found that if I am having a hard time going into meditation, I will use 
Pape. I don't always use it, but it's, it's a beautiful thing that we're given. That's not like, it's not like, um, you know, having a full on journey with medicine. It's very like quick and just, it's like, just takes you back in. It yeah. It aligns the chakra system. Yeah. It cleanses and clears and it just, I like, I, you just have to experience it. It's just a really beautiful, mm. beautiful practice. And I'm just so thankful to the tribes who love them lovingly still make this medicine and offer it to us to be able to use, to bring us back to self and to rem remembrance of who we truly are. So this is, this is it. This is the thing. And I, you stick it. Yeah. It's not, it's not cute, but it's very effective. And, um, I told her I she can do it to me. I was like, all right, we'll try it. She's like, I love it. I love it. It's beautiful to do on your own, but I've also been in experiences with community where we've had community hoppe um, ceremonies or circles. And there's just something about that power of community that just even, it's even more just mm. powerful to be I with other people. Yeah. yeah. So would I you, hope to offer that at River? some point in the future. That? Yeah. That would, be, would you do it River? You know, it's so interesting because like, we haven't really talked much about plant medicine before. And now I'm in this um, sacred spaces um, facilitatorship training. And that is what we're talking about is plant medicine. And I am personally looking at in this next year going on an ayahuasca retreat. And like, it's, I'm opening myself up more to some of these experiences because I know it's um, it all serves a purpose to connect you back to earth and to community and to source. And I, I love that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, they do have some that are tobacco less. They're just the plants, which is just mm -hmm. as beautiful. Um, if somebody doesn't want tobacco, um, you know, has an issue with tobacco in their life. But what I love about it is like, it's not, it's a non-psychoactive it's mm -hmm. it's legal you know it's something that is like it's there's nothing like you know it's not ayahuasca it's not um you know mm -hmm. shrooms or whatever but it's a beautiful vibration coming from the earth that that can bring us into our bodies and I just love that when there's yeah. things like that we can use um yeah that are practices that we can weave into our life that are nourishing um before we um end this would you talk about your um retreat a little bit what's coming up and so that we can, we can learn more about that yeah so I've been feeling the ping since last year well for a few years now I've always wanted to do some sort of retreat even when I was doing food but um, even more so when I got into sound healing and using my voice and uh, doing Reiki and all the things um yeah it's just it's been so present in my, um, in my life right now, it's like source, the guides are like, oh, I'm sorry, my phone I thought was on silent and I'm getting pings here. <laughs> <laughs> Let fine. me put it on do not disturb. We don't hear it by the way. So it's, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, like, where are we going? What are we doing? And so the, the first, um, ping that I got was to do a local retreat, um, for my community here and people that have wanted to come and experience a sound bath and my singing as well with the sound bowls in person, if they don't live here, that they have the opportunity to come and 
experience a retreat and um, also we'll be doing Reiki and some other spiritual practices. Like I've, I learned how to um, open the Akashic records for people. And so I'd love to like be able to offer that as well during the retreat. So just a, a retreat back to self through sound and energy healing is really what I'm calling in. Um, and it's this beautiful Victorian home that was built in the 1800s. It's got a lot of history here in Auburn, California, which is gold country. And it's, it's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful place. There's so many places that, uh, we can dip in the river for like cold plunges and go on hikes and really connect back to the earth and ourselves. And so, yeah, coming in May, the beginning of May, it's the third through the sixth. There will be my first retreat here in um, Northern California. So amazing. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> and she's been, I mean, you've been doing other people's retreats for a while now, too. So you now understand like how to put them on. Like you've seen enough now that you like know exactly what you what you want to do. Yeah, even as a food blogger and in that world, I was invited to a lot of retreats. So those were very different retreats. And then uh, a few years ago, I was re- um, invited to a, like a spiritual retreat, which I had, I, that was like my first time stepping into that. And that opened me up even more. And then I was like, Ooh, I want to do this. Like, this is, this is beautiful because it helps people really, really dive deeper into, mm-hmm. into themselves and um, have profound experiences even after, you know, the retreats. Mm-hmm. So, so Yeah. Yeah, I've done I've done a few with friends um, that have invited me, and I'm I'm so grateful for those experiences because a few of them have been on boats and uh, you know in a rural place in Hawaii, and I was cooking during those retreats and doing sound healing type stuff. So it's all it's all coming together. I love so, that. I love that. It's yeah. cool. Well, yeah. Will you come back again after? Like, we'll 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 do <laughs> we'll do this again, and we'll talk about other modalities and um, yeah. And it'll be fun to talk about your retreat after the fact. So, cause I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, but just appreciate you sharing space with us today and hanging Amazing. out. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for letting me talk about all the things that I don't get to talk about all the time. Soul family. I, know. <laughs> I love it. It's so, it's so beautiful to hear more about your journey and get to know you more. I love it. No, oh, I love meeting you river. Okay. Well, yeah, we're besties now. Yay! Yes, see, I love that. <laughs> and actually, as we were talking, like sharing about your earlier journey, I'm like, we have a lot of parallels. In you our do. Lives. You guys do. That's why I'm so excited. And all. I'm like, oh, we're gonna have to chat soon. <laughs> I know the green is connecting us. See, like it's like, yes, mm, uh huh, yes, connecting us. In. The cutest. Okay, well, I love and adore you both. Love you, friends. Love you guys, thank you. If you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to subscribe and share because what do we say, baby? Sharing is caring.